0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot
1: Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
0: Welcome to the Mystery to Me podcast. I'm Anya Kane.
1: And I'm Kevin Greenlee.
0: And we love movies and television shows with a whiff of mystery. Mystery to Me will feature us riffing on murder mysteries, film noir, cozy detective stories, police procedurals, psychological thrillers,
1: So, Anya, what did we watch?
0: Well, Kevin, we just watched Did You See the Sunrise? The first episode of Magnum P.I.'s third season, which, of course, aired on September 30th, 1982.
1: So you're not talking about the Magnum series that's currently running on CBS?
0: No, I'm talking about OG Magnum. It's original Magnum.
1: (laughs) I didn't know what the hell you were talking about.
0: You're a bit of an old fogey. Bit of a Matlock fan, Kevin.
1: (laughs) Already it starts.
0: (laughs) Kevin says that people who like Matlock are old people.
1: That's what I was taught as a boy.
0: (laughs) That's what they schooled you in your one-room schoolhouse in Indiana?
1: The people who watched... When I was a kid, if you watched matlock or diagnosis murder or shows of that ilk you were considered an old person i I remember uh your favorite comedian jay leno had uh had had a joke where it seemed like every time he went to his parents house they were watching matlock and then if he'd visit them again a few months later they'd be watching a rerun of the matlock that was on the previous time he was there
0: Jeez. Well, I guess, yeah, we were just having a conversation about about that, but then you didn't you didn't know what OG meant, and then I figured, wow, you've now you're supporting a Matlock fan T-shirt.
1: <laughs> Matlock, of course, I guess was indirectly inspired because uh, Andy Griffith played an old time country lawyer in uh, the TV version of Fatal Vision.
0: Oh shit! Yeah, the defense attorney.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, I don't remember.
0: That That dude. <laughs> I know who you're talking about, though. God, never seen that. That uh, I've read the book, but have not seen that film.
1: Now, would like a, a movie based on real life horrific events where people actually suffered and died horribly, would that be something you'd like to joke about with on this program?
0: Absolutely not. No, mm. I, I don't think that's a good idea. Because like three people died.
1: Would you be okay with like doing like snuff films on the show?
0: <laughs> oh, well, that's a different story. <laughs> Kevin, why are you slowly opening a drawer? <laughs> 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 Big box labeled uh SF. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think things based on real life crimes probably not good for this program.
0: I would agree, even if it's a mystery, it's kind of. Like, and also, let's be honest the uh, the case involved in the Fatal Vision uh, is not a mystery. Uh, the dad did it. Case closed. <laughs>
1: Spoiler warnings. Yeah. I mean, come on.
0: Yeah, people just people just want to <laughs> people just want to make something out of nothing with that with that case. In my opinion, so yeah, I think that would be a reprehensible thing for us to do on this stupid program is talk about a real life case.
1: Stupid <laughs> program. What are you saying here? <laughs> I devote my life to this thing. You're slamming me for it. I stay up late at night by the fireplace with my quill, making nuts for this program, and here you are slamming it.
0: Ke- Kevin Bob Cratchit Greenlee.
1: <laughs> Anya Scrooge. Anya
0: Neeser Scrooge. <laughs> That would be really sad if it were true, but fortunately it's not. and also I'm the one who always takes notes i'm the I'm the record keeper here. stolen, I, stolen valor.
1: I just kind of kick my, my shoes off, put my feet up and just relax, maybe exactly. doze a bit.
0: That's what you do everywhere you are.
1: <laughs> you kind of shake me awake and say, let let's go uh, record something." and then then I'll say, "Anya, what do you think?" And I'll just sit back and put my feet up
0: basically.
1: An hour later, <laughs> you shake me awake. And say, oh, honey, what's your five star final? And then the show's over.
0: I, I just, it would be nice if you would pull your weight around here a little bit more than you <laughs> have. To be honest,
1: so you see some changes coming in twenty twenty two.
0: Yeah, you're gonna you're, you're gonna be put through the ringer on this program. <laughs> oh man, maybe I'll make you start writing the five star final.
1: So this show, this particular episode was a little bit d- darker than most people remember Magnum as being.
0: Well, so we we watched it because recently we did an episode on Laura, which is an episode of Magnum PI that's very about my dark. sister. No, it's not about your sister. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, a kid died in the episode. It was a work of fiction. And it's very sad, and it's really intense, and Frank Sinatra's in it, so obviously we, like, love it. And then Kevin was like, this is the other episode where people say it's really dark but really good. So we decided to give this one a shot, see how it compared to Laura, see how it compares to the general Magnum vibe, and uh, and it was crazy. This was a batshit episode. <laughs> this was an insane episode. I can't believe they... This is just a, totally not what I associated with Magnum PI. Just like having casually watched the series for a number of years, but it also was in some points amazing and in some points irredeemably stupid.
1: There were moments where you were generally shocked. You so said, "Well, this this isn't isn't too dark." Then you'd gasp, said I didn't see that coming." <laughs>
0: I said that if Laura was like a drizzle, a kind of a dismal cold rain that turns into a violent thunderstorm, this is more of like a sunny, bright day that turns into a really, you know, like a squall. You know, it, it, it sort of comes out of nowhere, which I liked. I thought that was affecting. Uh, it starts off, everyone's having a grand old time. And then things get darker from there. It's crazy. Um, and, and one thing that's interesting is that uh, throughout... Throughout, in many in many uh, many ways, this show is about the Vietnam War, this this episode, and it's laced throughout with uh, clips of uh, *Stalag 17*, uh, the film uh, that Magnum is a big fan of. He's watching it and uh, amused by it, but he also has experience as a POW, and so does uh, Higgins. So, okay,
1: and in a way, isn't the whole show about? The Vietnam Vietnam.
0: War. Yeah, that's true.
1: Because these men formed their bonds of friendship during their military service. And to some extent, they try to act upon the values and uh, morality they picked up in the military.
0: Yeah, it is kind of, it's like a, how do you, how do you really come home from Vietnam sort of show? You know? Yeah. In some ways, I guess the answer is you don't. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Jeez, and, and uh, it's kind of crazy. I mean, and obviously for men of a certain generation who either served in Vietnam or, you know, knew people who or parents who served, their parents served in Vietnam, it's like, you know, it's first, one of the first, well, I mean, I guess this is pretty debatable, but like America lost very poorly in that, I mean, they we lost the war. You can make arguments that like we also lost the, kind of lost the war of 1812, but that's so far in the distance, you know, in, in the in the distant past, that that's not a modern day concern. So, but in terms of like modern warfare, you know, we lost Vietnam, and it's like
1: Korea was kind of a draw.
0: Korea, I could say we, you could probably make an argument that we lost Korea too. But I mean, but in terms of Vietnam, I think very much conclusively lost. And so I don't know. It's just kind of with like you know, and, and like Hawaii is is a location, which of course was where Magnum PI is set. That is so tied to World War II, of course, with Pearl Harbor and and whatnot, and the military culture there. It's sort of kind of fascinating to see the show sort of grapple with some of those those issues, I guess.
1: Do you think it handled those themes well?
0: I think it handled those themes shockingly well. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, it, as an outsider, I'm, I'm not from a military family. I've never served in the armed forces, so th- this is just as a complete outside observer, uh, and obviously I would respect what what other people with more experience thought, but I thought it handled it pretty respectfully. You know, this episode deals with issues like PTSD and, uh, you know, horrible experiences in the war, you know, torture POW experiences and whatnot. And generally it handles them. Well, things devolve into a a bit of silliness in my view, but um, it seems to take these issues seriously, at least, which is, which is good they're serious issues. What do you think? As another completely uninformed, non-military person. Uh,
1: I, I know that uh, the creator of the show, the primary, crea- primary creator of the show was Donald Belisario. He scripted this episode, and oddly enough, not only did he serve in the military but he served in the military with a rather notorious figure. Do you want to guess?
0: John McCain? I
1: I don't think I wouldn't call John McCain a notorious figure. Well, I figure. mean
0: famous. So you so you're saying notorious in this in this usage is a pejorative. Yes. Okay. Ooh, let me think. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> Give me
1: a hint. Well, while you're thinking about it, I'll just say because of that, he actually was in the military, and so maybe these ethics and values were a part of him. Maybe that's why he treated it so respectfully. I believe he went on to create NCIS, which is another kind of a military themed show.
0: Right. Infamous. Give me a hint. Like a criminal?
1: Uh, I'll give you a misleading hint. This person was never. Convicted of a serious crime. It's a very misleading hint, and I'm very proud of myself.
0: <laughs> Fuck. Uh, no, you gotta... You gotta uh, is it somebody that I should be familiar with?
1: It's someone I know for a fact you're familiar with.
0: It wasn't that guy who did all the fraud around the POWs, was it?
1: This is someone whose name you know.
0: This name I know. I know this name.
1: Everybody listening to this knows his name.
0: Let me think about this.
1: The military service, I believe, would have been in the late 50s.
0: Looks at me meaningfully. Is it a politician? No. Is it a media figure? <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I'll be misleading. He, he appeared on radio uh, once in a radio debate with somebody.
0: A radio debate with somebody.
1: Interviewed <laughs> on the news once that I'm aware of.
0: He's not a political figure. He's not. It, uh, Oliver North?
1: No. <laughs> Do you want to just go start talking about the episode with <laughs> the simmers in the background? No,
0: I, okay, sure. And then you got to tell me at the end, though, because I have no idea.
1: Do me to tell you now?
0: No, let me, let, it, maybe something will strike me, but at the end of the episode, you have to tell me.
1: I'll I'll give give you another hint. He later wrote an episode of episodic television, which deals with this person. And I believe he even had himself as a young man make a cameo appearance.
0: So the creator of Magnum.
1: Donald Belisario.
0: Wrote an episode.
1: Of episodic television. Not Magnum.
0: That, well, that featured this other person. Featured who, him heavily. Who was never, who was notorious, but was never convicted of a serious crime.
1: Right. Do you want me to just tell you? Just tell me. Lee Harvey Oswald.
0: Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> no! Oh no! What? What did he make of him?
1: I thought he was a nut.
0: Because he was. Yeah. Fair fair assessment.
1: He did an episode of Quantum Leap where Sam left into the body of Lee Harvey Oswald.
0: Uh, That's wild. That's crazy. So he actually worked with Lee Harvey Oswald. He knew Lee Harvey Oswald. They like hung out?
1: I think that may be going a bit too far.
0: Some crazy shit. But he didn't write that into Magnum. He wrote that into Quantum Leap, he said. Yeah. Okay. That, that, That probably is more fitting.
1: One time they were going to do an episode of Quantum Leap where Sam leapt into Magnum, but they never did.
0: That would have been fun. That would have been really fun, actually. Yeah. It's dumb, but fun. Um. So anyways, so how do, how do we... Let's s- go back to the horrors yeah, of Vietnam. Let's go back, well, let's go back to the sunny Hawaii, how about? Because now, you know, obviously, as you said, there's like threads of... Magnum's military service in this you know throughout this entire show but this episode is all about that so how do we start it starts off though much like any episode you know TC and Higgins are bickering about TC landing his helicopter on the property Magnum's got a hot date TC uh, Higgins is is building some weird little craft project everyone's having a delightful time
1: another day in Hawaii.
0: Yeah, and you know, you get into the good grooves. You know, you just, you're. We're all excited to be here, and beautiful morning, beautiful sunrise.
1: <laughs> you're sobbing.
0: So, we're, we're, take us away from there. Let's lift off. TC dumps Magnum in, you know, out deep in the ocean at
1: Magnum's request. At
0: Magnum's request, because he's doing some paddleboard and then comments how is he not afraid of sharks and magnum's like i'm gonna kill you because i never even thought about that how would you never think about you live in fucking hawaii this you you can't you can't you know throw a rock without hitting a freaking tiger shark what are you doing magnum i'm terrified of sharks so this was very have you been to hawaii
1: (laughs) so you think you literally can't throw a rock anywhere in the state of hawaii shark
0: infested waters kevin those are shark there's sharks all over the place
1: I've been in the water here. Why? You never saw a shark.
0: You know, you're not watching for them like I am. Sharks terrify me, so yeah, I would I would not want someone to dump me out in the middle of the ocean. And, it, and frankly, as my husband, I would not permit you to do something like that either.
1: <laughs> <laughs> What's the origin of this fear? Like, was it a childhood experience with jabber jaws?
0: <laughs> it's jabber jaw. There's no plural. <laughs> Sounds like you're just giving them some weird 1920s slang for sharks. No, I, it was not because I watched the ridiculous Scooby Doo clone Hanna Barbera cartoon Jabberjaw. Uh, I love Jabberjaw. I got very interested in sharks at like age five and read too much about them, and and then started competitively swimming. And for some reason, in for reasons that I I would leave to some sort of mental health professional to to you know figure out. I became terrified of sharks while uh i think around that time because i kept thinking maybe they were in the pool or something and they were gonna eat me so and that i i if i i you know i just i don't do sharks don't do sharks hell no <laughs> I was morbidly fascinated with them for, for a time I guess I still am in some ways but I don't want to see them don't want to look at them you know what and, and and they're important creatures they're important I'm not saying sharks should all die they're apex predators very important for the health of the ocean so I, I don't wish any harm to them but I don't want to see them I don't want I don't want to be in a situation where I could possibly see them
1: <laughs> you want you just want to be able to pretend like they don't exist. Yeah. Whatever. let them do their dirty work behind yeah, closed they gotta, doors. If
0: they got to do whatever, they can just stay over there. I'll just, you know, and then like, yeah, like I'm not, I don't plan to go. I would, ne, I will never go scuba diving. I would never want to go scuba diving in my fucking life.
1: Because of sharks?
0: Because of sharks.
1: What if there was a hidden treasure underwater? I don't
0: give a shit. The sharks can keep it. <laughs> it's their house. You know, they're not coming up. They're not coming to my house up here on land. Hopefully Jesus <laughs> <laughs> And they can they can keep their treasure and their That'd be something. their sunken wrecks but I have no interest in that. And you know why? Here's why. Because I'm so terrified of sharks that even if I saw like a shadow in the water, I would probably like breathe through all my oxygen immediately and then my head would explode or whatever happens to divers who do that. I'd panic, get the bends. I have no interest. It would be an unpleasant experience. People are like, oh face your fears. Fuck no. Go fuck yourself.
1: Okay, okay. That's what I say. Okay, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> Jesus. Ugh. Everything's okay. There's no sharks I'm gonna here. i going to start giving
0: my, uh, the, the, the uh, crazy old guy in Jaws speech or something. <laughs> um, yeah, but everything's chill and everything's cool. M- Magnum's running around in like really skimpy short shorts for the female gaze. And <laughs> Kevin loves it when I say that.
1: <laughs> she said that all through the, the program. It's
0: for the female gays. Yeah, it really they they really the outfits in this show are insane and, and I love it. I like I love how it's just like we don't give a shit. We're we're wearing like slinky man shorts and we're proud and
1: his friend TC is like shirtless in the show.
0: Yeah. Is I mean they just they're just they're a group of lovable himbos who apparently went through a really bad time in Vietnam and we're gonna learn more about that later but in the beginning, (laughs) they're just a group of lovable himbos. We don't know about that yet. (laughs) And uh... This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. You know, the, the sunshine starts getting a little cloudy, right? When this dude shows up, who TC knows. TC's been, like, there's literally, like, five minutes of, of like, TC driving his helicopter around singing. He's having a great time. And he's like, oh, there's Pearl Harbor. And, oh, there like, all these different Hawaiian And you leaned and they... over
1: to me and whispered, I don't think we're supposed to be seeing this. <laughs>
0: Felt, you thought it was like some
1: sort of production blunder. Yeah,
0: it felt like some sort of production blunder where they accidentally left this all in. <laughs> and uh but you know, It was so,
1: a 90-minute episode. They had to fill the time I know somehow. they did
0: have to fill in the time. And listen, I, I can see why they did it later on because there's going to be some not-so-happy helicopter piloting later on.
1: If we ever want to do like a special 90-minute episode, I'm sure there'll be a lot of you singing
0: in it. And me flying around my little Ani chopper. <laughs> Across the city of Indianapolis. Look, there's the speedway, and I guess that's it. <laughs> <laughs> the Salesforce Tower? I don't know.
1: What about uh, Memorial Circle?
0: Oh, the, yeah, the, yeah, right. yeah, okay, sure. So, th- tosses that bone. Th- three things. <laughs> Impressive.
1: <laughs> uh, Lucas Oil Stadium.
0: Yeah. We already did a sporting stadium. Mix it up a little
1: bit. Hey, what would you show people if you were flying over Bronxville, your hometown? Your much-vaunted hometown.
0: Nothing. It's tiny. You, we'd be over it in two seconds. And there's... Oh, it's, it's gone. <laughs> oh, man. So, okay. So, so, so who shows up and, and starts to rain on this uh this parade? So
1: when TC lands after depositing Magnum for Magnum's uh, little boat thing.
0: Uh, oh, and also another thing that <laughs> I want to add, another thing that made me think this was all accidentally included is there's a lot of crotch shots for TC because, like, the camera's in between his legs in the, in the helicopter. And it's just like, this is weird. It feels like we shouldn't be seeing this.
1: Yeah, they they, they have, sh- like I said, the sh- camera is in between his ankles looking up at him.
0: Yeah, this show really objectifies men <laughs> in a way that's kind of wild. Like, what's going on
1: here? But she really dug that.
0: No, I I just think it was funny. And I loved loved how every time I would say, it's for the female gaze that you would would flinch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He lands and waiting for him at the airfield is an old army buddy of him. Is it Nuno? Nuzo. Nuzo. Uh, they'd been in the war together, and uh, the two of them, along with Magnum, had at one point been captured and tortured by a Russian guard named Ivan. Am I revealing too much too soon?
0: No, that's fine. Uh, so let's unpack this.
1: <laughs> and Nuzo is there because he believes that he recently encountered Ivan on mm-hmm. the streets of Washington, D.C., for some reason, after seeing Ivan on the streets of Washington, D.C., he says, well, I know what I'll do. I'll fly to Hawaii. And when he flies to Hawaii, he says he sees Ivan on the plane with him.
0: Yes. So Ivan's following him. Ivan somehow wants to do something bad, presumably. And T.C. starts getting very freaked out by this.
1: So let's say, hypothetically, that through some series of circumstances, we can't even begin to fathom. You used to be the editor-in-chief of The Flat Hat. So let's No see. one
0: knows what that is of my college newspaper.
1: Editor in chief of your college newspaper. Let's say on the streets of Indianapolis you see somebody who is a flat hat enemy who you believe wants to kill you. Will you would then like fly across the country to th- where the rest of the flat hat staff is and lead the killer to all your buddies?
0: I'd probably just say, Well, this figure's <laughs> just
1: It is to up your hands.
0: Yeah. I probably had this coming somehow. <laughs> Made a lot of enemies um, in Williamsburg. No, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Why would you lead the killer to your buddies? I don't know. It doesn't really make a lot of sense.
1: And I think that kind of gets to something which we will talk about more. Is there's a lot of great stuff. Yes. In this episode, there's a lot of stuff I'd say is incredible. Yes. But surrounding it and justifying it and getting to those points. Requires a lot of bizarre, if not all right, bad or silly plotting decisions.
0: You know, this is, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, When we describe it to you guys, like right now, and like break down the plot for you, or if you look it up on Wikipedia or whatever, then you're going to think this sounds like dog shit and you're in a way, right. But there's so many moments to this and performances and ideas that are so good that it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to boil those down and necessarily convey how good those are because they're surrounded by a lot of dumb shit, like and like that's why I think I, ha- I mean I'll get into this. Laura was a superior episode because it was it was a self sustaining like everything made sense in, in, in the story. Nothing was contradicting each other or getting into the realm of crazy fantasy. This really gets gets nuts. <laughs> In a way that's not satisfying. But you don't realize when you're starting to watch it, you're kind of just sucked in by the tension. and Like, what's going on? Why is this guy Ivan hunting them? How? What are they going to do about it? How are they going to survive? You get into the tension. And so it's only in retrospect then when you're like, oh, I okay, having seen the ending, now I can think about this more. You know, that it starts to kind of unravel. But when you're watching it, you know, it's it's crazy.
1: <laughs> it's really very effective at building... Uh... A very dark, foreboding mood.
0: So we have a bunch of throughout the episode uh, flashbacks to uh, TC Magnum and Nuzo getting tortured by Ivan, um, them running away from the POW camp and trying to escape, and you know it's all very traumatizing. Turns out that Ivan killed one of their other friends, Cookie. You know. Um, and, and so it's, it's just, it's very, it's, it's, it's a very bad memory and you're really seeing it start to take a toll on TC who's, you know, a very sunny, you know, fun guy, but he's starting to kind of go to, this is bringing him back to a dark place now that Ivan is back. And there's, you know, I mean, I I mean, this was a bit, I think kind of made us both be like, ah, but like. Ivan, you know, uses racial slurs against TC, which is, you know. In the the
1: scenes back in Vietnam where Ivan is torturing TC.
0: I flinched. It was awful. But it was also like, I hope the actor, I hope that TC's actor was okay with that. But uh, yeah, so it's very, it's very dark and gritty and intense. And you're kind of like, wow, they're going there. But basically it starts to look like, okay, Ivan is back on Hawaii. He's going to he's gonna be doing something bad. He seems to be tr- trying to track down Magnum and company.
1: So then, on this point, we cut to uh, Magnum's uh, military buddy, Mac, who has some sort of harsh words with his superior, Colonel Buck Green. And the next thing we know, Mac shows up at uh, Magnum's place, revealing that he has resigned from the military and doesn't know what he's going to do with his life.
0: Tell us more about who Mac is.
1: Uh, Mac was kind of a comic relief character. He was also the guy who works in uh, Colonel Green's office. So if there was an episode where Magnum needed some information from the military, he'd go and there'd be like a comic little scene between him and Mac. Mac was like, oh, I can't give you that. And then Magnum's, like, well, what if I give you a donut? And then he'd give him a donut and he'd get the information.
0: That's how Kevin gets me to do stuff. Lures me out with food.
1: Yes. <laughs> There's some off-color things I would say, but oh, I no, won't. No,
0: no, not like that. I meant like. <laughs> I meant like tabs, yeah. like
1: the things she'd do oh for a my. saltine okay. cracker. You
0: shut the. That's just disturbing. Good lord! You raise the subject. I wasn't talking about it in a sexual way. I was talking about it in like a. A task, like oh, like Anya, like <laughs> <laughs> like a sexual oh, task. Geez. You you are just a dirty-minded. What you said it. You brought it up. Filthy.
1: What so, so you think I, I I offer you tea so you'd make me tea?
0: No, but like for like like joking tasks or something, not sexual favors. Jesus Christ, you're a dirty man.
1: <laughs> well, you said it.
0: Dirty, dirty, dirty.
1: Revealing all of our dirty laundry. Jesus. So Mac is then kind of depressed. He yes. hangs out with Magnum. Magnum has a date. He says, I'm going to go on this date without you, but you can stay here at my place. And Mac just gives him kind of a sad look. And so Magnum, being a nice guy, lets Mac go out on the date with him.
0: And let's get to the what happens.
1: Uh, there's a scene where Magnum and his girl are in the front of the car, and then we see... Max stick his head in between them, and a fed up Magnum breaks the fourth wall and so looks <laughs> looks at the camera, kind of rolls his eyes like Jim from the Office.
0: Very funny, and Max insists that they go to this cheesy touristy luau place that's very much catering to tourists, not not people who are from Hawaii.
1: And while they're there, we see that Mac has a brief meeting with Colonel Green. So apparently, he has not resigned from the military, and he's still on a mission. For Colonel Green, which involves uh, keeping an eye on Magnum,
0: so you're like, "Huh, oh, what's what's going on here?"
1: Uh, and then they leave, and Max says, "Well, I'll drive home uh, for us," and he runs off ahead, and he says, "I got. Let's go up uh, the mountaintop. The sunrise will be beautiful." And then what happens?
0: Then he turns on the car, and it blows up. And you gasped. I gasped audibly. I gasped. Mac dies.
1: Mac is killed.
0: Mac is killed instantly. And uh and so his this it, it, this kind of comic relief fun time character is brutally murdered on screen,
1: burned alive.
0: Burned alive. Horrible death. It's horrible. And and you know then we get
1: Magnum is crying.
0: Magnum's weeping. I mean this is this is this is some heavy shit. So <laughs> things really ter- take a turn from here and you know and and so so at this point for everyone else TC's frantically looking for Magnum because he wants to let him know what N- Nuzo told him which is that the Ivan Ivan is back you know uh, he's trying to go to Higgins and the rest of the guys to figure out where he is no one no one knows at one point, Higgins reveals for some reason that Mag- Magnum plays Dungeons and Dragons on his computer, which is kind of a delightful, odd detail. But then, I guess, basically, Magnum kind of wanders back and he's all injured. At first, he confronts Colonel Green at the hospital because he figures out that like he must have something to do with this if, the, if he's slinking around. Then he kind of wanders home and tells Higgins, you know, kind of like Higgins realizes something's wrong, but it's it's just, I mean, he's obviously just devastated. He's talking about how Mac always was a good friend to him, and he always kind of treated Mac almost like a joke, yeah, like a joke, or he's trying to con him to get information. And he feels really bad about it, and he's like, "Oh my god, this is just so sad." Um, and and at some point he links back up with TC. Nuzzo? And Nuzo. And Nuzo. And they're all, you know, it's kind of like the army gang's back together. And now Magnum's pumped because he's like, we know we got to, like, we got to stop Ivan because he, you know, killed my friend. Because they. he figures that Ivan planted the car bomb for him to kill him. And Mac just had the misfortune of being in the wrong place at the wrong time, essentially, and, and taking the bomb that was meant for Magnum. And then things get crazier from there, folks. <laughs> You have Nuzo putting on a headband and, like, like playing some cover version of Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. (laughs) I've been in that mood before. (laughs) With, with like, a machine gun. (laughs) TC starts to kind of almost seem to be getting, like, PTSD flashbacks. You're beginning to realize that the flashbacks that we're seeing are almost in his mind as well.
1: And then the three of them go off in a van, and they are trailed by...
0: By the military.
1: By the military. Went to say what happens next. <laughs> well, a, in your notes, you say, this episode is so nuts.
0: There's a sort of confusing sequence where they're like, I, I guess they're almost like training or they're trying to get rid of their tail because they think Ivan's following them. So Magnum rolls out of the van and Nuzo and TC are driving around with their guns and, and, you know, acting all crazy. And then at some point, Magnum, you know, Magnum sees, looks up and sees a guy like working on a telephone pole. He's shot. He gets shot, the telephone pole guy. The guy in the car who's been tailing them, who's a military guy, gets shot. And then Ivan has all of them pinned down as a sniper, essentially. So uh, Magnum manages to save the telephone pole guy, and and then Colonel Green shows up with some reinforcements, and Ivan runs away. But then at that point, the military kind of grabs Magnum and is like, you know, we need to talk to you because uh, actually someone has been trying to kill you. We got some word of some sort of Soviet plot too that involves you somehow. We don't really know how. Can you tell us more about what's going on? He's understandably pissed off because he's like, if you'd warned me, then I wouldn't have like gone dicking around in my car with Mac and my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so at this point... TC and Nuzo are just off on their own, I guess, because they've they've driven off. The, the the shootout scene ends with Thomas Magnum punching out Colonel Green, who was kind of an asshole throughout this episode, so you're Like, you did the right thing.
1: You kind of like that.
0: I didn't like Green. Seemed like an ass. Maybe there's good Green episodes that I'm not aware of, but yeah. In this, I was just like, the fuck? Got your guy killed.
1: The actor who played Mac went off to appear in another Donald Belisario program called *Tales of the Gold Monkey*,
0: which Kevin is a program that Kevin loves.
1: I loved it as a kid. Uh, it's kind of problematic now because uh, the lead actor uh, has been uh, has admitted to some uh, basically inappropriate sexual conduct with kids, which kind of sours.
0: Yeah, hard to hard to enjoy something lighthearted after or anything really after. The star comes out and is like that. Yeah. So Mac made a big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't also the show canceled pretty quickly. Show
1: lasted a season.
0: mm Hmm. So. So at this so at some point Magnum loops back with Higgins and Higgins it turns out he's been doing all this he's been dicking around with matchsticks. <laughs> For the entire episode you don't know what's going on i mean that's what he's been doing <laughs> Pe- people died and he's dicking around with matchsticks he he's built a uh model of the bridge over the river kwai from the movie and uh he, he ta- reveals that he
1: actually was there
0: he was there he was he was a prisoner of war in, in what he said you know burma you know and he also like magnum escaped which is like what are the odds <laughs> Isn't that kind of weird? It's kind of weird. Like, not... I mean, like, we're both in different militaries and different wars. Okay, that's fine. But we both also had very startlingly similar experiences where we were taken prisoner and then managed to escape successfully. That seems kind of wild. But anyway, so he gets it. And so he... <laughs> and then... uh, And then, and again, Magnum keeps watching. He, at some point, he had uh, he had Mac watch Stalik 17... And so then he's watching it once more, and he picks up a plot Spoiler plot. alert, yeah. in
1: in Stalag 7...
0: Don't tell me who this mole is, because I don't
1: I know. won't. We should, we should actually watch the movie. But in, in, in the movie, at one point, they realize that there is, among them, a mole. You know, someone who's working against them. Someone who's actually uh, a German. And so that makes Magnum realize, I bet, that's what's happening here. And so this is where the episode gets really dumb yes it turns out that their buddy is it Nuzo 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 is actually not Nuzo Nuzo is a Russian agent who took the place of the real Nuzo and then was basically a sleeper agent in DC the American style for 10 years and now has come over to Hawaii to activate TC who, in a poor man's version of the Manchurian candidate, had been brainwashed while he was in captivity. And now that programming has been activated. So TJ, TJ, TC is now going to kill the Japanese prince.
0: Who, who uh, incidentally, is visiting at this time.
1: And this, this is all dumb.
0: This is all fucking stupid and it sucks because like at this point the tension had been building up so much and it's like oh my god what's the evil plan and then you're like that's it that's the evil and it's plan because
1: was the emotional core of the episode losing mac was so real and seeing how devastated magnum that was very effective
0: yeah and and i had a i had an idea of how you could potentially have a very similar plot though and script doctor it to make a little bit be a little bit less stupid not much it's still pretty stupid but a little bit less stupid but we'll go into that in a little bit. TC gets drugged by Nuzo and Ivan shows up and says more slurs and taunts him and says uhha you know you're gonna have to come kill me and so TC's kind of out of his mind at this point he and Nuzo break their way into a uh, the, the, where the Marines in Hawaii are and steal a, a chopper.
1: And then TC by himself gets in the chopper and flies to where the Japanese prince is so he can shoot him.
0: With the chopper, which I guess is a weaponized chopper. So
1: he he goes in the chopper thinking, okay, I'm I'm not going to fill. He goes in the chopper to shoot up and kill the Japanese prince.
0: Men would rather kill the Japanese prince than go to therapy. (laughs) 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 And like... And I guess the, the Japanese prince is there because there's, I guess there's some sort of, like, thing with, like, oh, we fought them in World War Two and now we're okay. And I guess, you know, like, past wars, you know, the healing. I don't know. It didn't really it make any matter. sense. doesn't matter. And uh, I guess this is a Soviet plot to get the United States to um, really piss off the Japanese. I guess. I guess.
1: So th- then what happens?
0: Um, magnum realizes, oh, shit, this is, this is, he figures it all out after kind of working with the military a little bit. And he, uh, and what's the other guy's name? The, the other friend who was also in Vietnam with them but was not on the particular team that was captured. Rick, Rick, Rick. Rick, Rick and Magnum race off, and they get in their own helicopter, and they fly over, and they basically uh, kind of on a bullhorn be like, stand down, uh, stand down TC.
1: And TC kind of shrugs the shoulders and says, okay. okay.
0: sure. <laughs>
1: now, of course, when you go into one of your murderous rages yes. and prepare to commit murder, yes. that doesn't work. No. I have to offer you a cracker.
0: Exactly. Gotta, gotta make, have some little cakes, maybe a tea, <laughs> hot chocolate. Yes.
1: That will always make you draw yeah. back.
0: I feel to my cozy side. Um, now, here's what I thought would have made, because, again... Well, should, should we go to the end of. Well, let's. We'll go to the ending, and then I'll say what my idea was to make this a little bit less stupid.
1: And before we get, I'll, I'll say that in my, my. I think the. This is a two-parter, basically. Yes. Ending of the first part was incredible. That's where Mac dies. And then the ending of the second part is, if anything, even better.
0: Even stronger. Because it's so good. It's such a good moment. So basically, Nuzo gets arrested, and they, you know, he's outed as a Soviet spy, and blah, blah, blah. And, uh,. T.C. goes to the hospital to get deprogrammed. He's okay, though. And um, the only one who really... The guy who gets away with it, though, is Ivan. Ivan, at this point, is officially some sort of Bulgarian official ambassador or something. So, you know, he has diplomatic immunity. No one can touch him. He's just going to go home. They basically asked him to leave Hawaii. And as he's driving off, Rick and Magnum sort of intercept the car. Magnum kidnaps him at gunpoint, leads him into the, the jungle, and then they have a conversation. Uh, Ivan is very calm. He's, like, smoking a cigarette. He doesn't give a shit. He basically says, like, you know, I know you, Magnum. Like, I, I know you better than your mother does. You know, you you don't have it in you to kill me. I'm, I'm unarmed. I'm not going to attack you. I'm just going to walk away from here, and you're going to have to deal with it. Then what happens?
1: So he turns and starts walking away, and then we we have a tight close-up on Magnum's face. He's very upset and anguished, and then he says, Ivan. Ivan turns around, and Magnum says, did you see the sunrise? And then he raises his gun, and... No, no,
0: no, and and Ivan says yes.
1: Ivan says yes, and then uh, Magnum raises his gun and shoots and murders Ivan.
0: And it freezes on...
1: The gunfire. The gunfire. The end.
0: The end. It was so good. <laughs> I was like, this is, that's iconic. What a great ending. It was, like, very intense, and you really weren't sure what, what, what you know, what's he going to do. Is it, 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 like, this episode's balls to the wall. It's crazy.
1: So what was your fix?
0: Well, okay, because he has so many great moments. The, the anguish of losing Mac, the intense ending of both parts, um... You know, TC struggling to deal with the PTSD he developed in Nam, And, you know, kind of these old wounds rearing their head again. And and sort of, you know, I even kind of like the idea of like almost, you know, some of those echoes they felt very like lived in. and, And obviously with the show creator maybe serving in the military, that sort of makes sense. And so what I would say... I think having Ivan coming back to try to kill them is a, is a pretty good idea, pretty compelling, and maybe Mac gets killed. So, like, I just, I think that the thing that really made this a little bit stupid for me was the and candidate bit. Why not instead of that, why not? Because also, like, that just seems like a, a huge amount of uh, time and expense for an operation that's, may not even work a few years down the road. It just it's, it, that just seems why would the why would why would the Soviets do this? So my idea was what if Ivan Ivan was not really supposed to be involved with torturing Vietnam prison or you know pri, you know American prisoners in Vietnam but you know he he was kind of in the background but he because he maybe is a sadist, he gets involved with that even when he's not supposed to. And then when Magnum, Newzo, and TC escape, you know, they're able to tell their supervisors there was a Russian there who was torturing us, you know, and that creates a stir diplomatically. And, you know, obviously it's the Cold War, so it's not like everyone's getting along, but maybe maybe there's just enough barbarity there and just enough evidence that Ivan, as some sort of concession, is is severely punished and, and sort of loses everything and then he finally gets out of whatever gulag he's being held in and then comes to take revenge on the men who not only escaped his clutches and, and subverted his power but also ruined his life and then he's going to come kill them and it's all personal it's not some dumb spy craft thing it's like he just wants to kill them Maybe at first it seems like a spy craft thing and that's a bit of a red herring. And it's like, no, no, no. He just wants to kill you because he hates you. And, you know, you're the one you're the ones who got away, essentially.
1: Yeah, that's an improvement.
0: I think that's an improvement. Keeps the stakes a little bit less crazy. You know, because. As it is, you know, maybe he maybe has diplomatic immunity. Maybe he was able to work his way back up, but it's all with the intention of going to kill these guys and then there's some climax where they're all running around, you know, tropical Hawaii and fighting in the woods and stuff and it's spring could br- you know could bring up flashbacks for TC in that sense. I just think in a situation like this when when it starts becoming like oh so this is what the KGB is doing doesn't seem like a great idea on their part. I think that's where you lose me.
1: Yeah, and then the Manchurian candidate stuff gets silly because there's an implication that They did this not just with TC but with lots of other veterans and there's lots of sleeper agents who may be awakened at any time to try to kill Reagan or Thatcher or what have you and that just seems like a a cold war uh, fantasy.
0: Exactly, and and you, you have to, I mean, like, when it's a situation, when a, he's so brainwashed that he's going to do this crazy thing, but then essentially, as you said, all it takes to stop TC is all he needs is a friend to say, don't kill the Japanese prince.
1: And that, by the way, is why Ivan wanted to kill Magnum, because he knew Magnum was such a good friend of TC's that he'd probably
0: be able to break through the programming. So it's like, why would you, you know, like, if it's, if it's so intense that people are going to do something outside of their nature and their real wishes... But it's so it's such a it has such a weak hold over the victim that they're able to just basically say, actually, you know what? I'm not going to do this. And it's like it doesn't seem like a really something that people would put a lot, you know, something that the KGB people would put a lot of effort. into And,
1: and <laughs> the fake Nuzo who's the sleeper agent, as we said, in the course of this operation, he helps steal a military equipment, a military helicopter. So basically he's committed a criminal act and probably be in prison for the rest of his life. And so if you're going to have one of your agents willing to go that far, why not just have Nuzo kill the Japanese prince?
0: Yeah, exactly. If he's going to get ended up in jail no matter what. Because they were all like, oh, but it's because he's crazy. He's a Vietnam vet. And it's like that defense wouldn't work even if he was just suffering from PTSD. Like there would still be consequences to this action.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And frankly, Nuzo, it sounds like he was high placed at the post office or something, which like maybe isn't the sexiest placement for a KGB agent to be, but like, that's something that's probably more useful than being in jail. (laughs) Yeah.
1: You could intercept, uh, all sorts of mail.
0: You, you could, you could do something with that, you know? And so, yeah, it just, once, once you're making this story, a spy story, as opposed to a story about revenge and sort of epic hatred and obsession, that to me is where it falls apart. I just thought of something really dumb. Say it. I might delete this part. What if, I mean, you could even do it where it's like mirrors each other. What if what if uh what if it turned out like one of Ivan's fellow Russian buddies who was also involved in the in the prisoner of war camp? What if it during the escape like Magnum and T C like threw a a you know IED at that guy and he blew up and like there was like he was trying to do that. Like, he was trying to wreck their life in the in the exact same way that they wrecked his.
1: Yeah. Player on the other side stupid,
0: stuff. Stupid. Yeah. Stupid, but less stupid than Manchurian Candidate 3, you know, the Hawaii Chronicles.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're not going to do the Manchurian Candidate as well as the Condon novel or the Sinatra film. So why even try?
0: Yeah, just... You're this, just embarrassing this needed yourself. a few more drafts, and then for, the, for them to really re- rework the motivation because they're all like, "Why would Ivan come and kill us?" You know what? Sometimes people just have irrational urges and they want to hurt other people. Like that—that's more believable than there are five thousand sleeper agents ready to do things unless their friend tells them not but, to. But the
1: trouble is, you need to have a way to get to the ending where the law can't touch Ivan, and he's getting—he's going to be able to leave with no consequence unless Magnum commits murder. That's true. You need to get to that ending because that ending makes the episode.
0: It really does. I I think you could write, I think you could write around that. I mean, you know, there, there were obviously regime changes within, you know, Soviet union. So maybe he gets light out of the Google, gets a, gets a nice little apology job in Hawaii and things are chill or, or he's, he's somehow done that or, or, you know, or maybe even the U S government is going to, uh, they, they, he's, he's turned, he, you know, he's after the confrontation in the, in the forest, somehow he works it so that he can divulge KGB secrets to them. And, you know.
1: In that case, Magnum would basically be committing treason.
0: But, but Mac was maybe worth it.
1: So if I got blown up in a car bomb that was meant for you, would you kill Ivan?
0: Yes. I'd kill Ivan for looking at you the wrong way.
1: You're so protective.
0: I love you. (laughs) Would you kill Ivan if I was blown up in a car?
1: Absolutely.
0: (laughs) You really do feel like the military fucked up in this situation. Because, I mean, like, Magnum often, like, handles shit. So, like, if they just told him, he might have just not driven around so much. You know? He might have been on the lookout. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: all on Buck.
0: Fucking Buck. How what would you do to fix this episode? Or really really stick stick it?
1: Uh I think it would have been better as a one parter. There was an awful lot of fat. Uh I think you find another reason for Mac to be with Magnum that night. The buck green stuff and all the military stuff ultimately does not add anything. Yeah, I agree. There was a lot of filler. A lot of filler.
0: But what was good was golden.
1: Yes. This episode deserves its esteemed reputation.
0: Golden as the sunrise. Is
1: that your five-star fight? Five no.
0: I'd say that despite some cloudy plotting... This episode allows the emotional core of Magnum P.I., the bonds between the characters, to have a shining moment in the sun.
1: Thanks for listening this week. I'd like to give a special thanks to Kevin T. Greenlee, who's no relation to me. He's the guy that composed the great music for this podcast, and you can find him on the web at kevintg.com.
0: You can follow us on Twitter at mystery to me that's mystery underscore two underscore me underscore and at mystery to me podcast on facebook and instagram
1: and you can always send us recommendations and feedback of any kind at mystery to me podcast at gmail.com
0: we're not teens setting up hotmail accounts in the early 2000s so all of those spell out two as t-o